Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 114. My name is Jeff. With me tonight, DW. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Good. Good to be with you and our listening friends. Of course, I can't see them, but I'm assuming they're on the edge of their seat. The radios are up and they're listening very carefully. Oh, I know. I'm on the edge of my seat because our conversation tonight, again, great conversation lined up. I'm glad to have Jason back in studio. It's so good. We missed you last week, Jason. It's good to have you back this week. Aw, you guys miss me. And he's on the edge of his seat because we gave him a very small chair. That's true. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a tiny chair. That's right. But that's okay. It's a I tiny mean, chair, and he's got, never, you know, a tiny chair. We'll I'm, leave I'm it there. St- I'm, still, <laughs> I'm just still thrown back that Dave actually missed me. So yeah. I, I, that's a, that's, yeah. That just made my new I had to have a black box of Kleenex here when we found out you weren't here. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, I, I see that it is unused. No, it's half, it's half, <laughs> it's half used, and I think it might have been full. Oh, right. Okay. That's I feel how better. much effect that you have on Or how big of a cold you had. Either one. Either one. <laughs> Well, that's good. We'll let you decide. Either way, it's great to be back. That's good. And, uh, you know, it is the season of colds. So hopefully if you're sitting at home tonight eating with us or just hanging out with us, we'd love for you to be a part of the tweet back with us. You can always do that whether you're sick or you have a small chair. I mean, it doesn't really matter how you sit around and listen to the show or walk around listening to the show. It's it's your show, and we want to be a part of it. So join us on tonight's tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And uh, this conversation, guys, I think it's so important. In 2016, it just seems like every year you kind of get this sense of it's a new year. And I know we're a couple weeks into this new year, into 2016. And and uh, one of the things that I've been really thinking about, and as we've been talking about some different topics in this reframing series, is how do we address some of the issues around family life? You know, there are a lot of young people today that live in families that are very, I would say they're in a good family structure, a lot of health, a lot of uh, good things going on in the family life. There's not, you know, things that you see of abuse or addictions or, you know, alcoholism. I mean, there are families that are really doing it well. And then there are a lot of families that are also really struggling right now. And there's a lot of different weights and different pressures and different uh, things that are coming into families that are, that are absolutely not healthy. And I think the one of the difficult things to do when you talk about youth ministry or, you know, anytime you're working with teenagers, kids, is you start to get into some of the family dynamics, what's going on in their family life. And some of it is, again, good, but some of it is also really not good. And so I think just talking about family and the whole idea of reframing family, uh, to me, is really helpful because there's so many things that we experience on a family level that impact us for years and years and years and years. And going back to this idea of changing the calendar to a new year to January, I feel like in my own life, I'm a family guy, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, uh, I'm also an uncle, among other things. Are you a monkey's uncle? 
I'm not a monkey's uncle. I mean, I've got a lot of a lot of nephews that are sometimes monkeyish. Okay, you know, just checking. <laughs> you know, I'm not a monkey's uncle. Yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that a new year comes and you feel like I hope that this would be a new chapter. You know, as a a, a husband, as a dad, I hope that the things that I did that were just not really smart or not really wise in 2015, I, I just want those to go away, and I want to be. The best dad in 2016. I'm going to be the best husband in 2016. Uh, but I'm finding that it seems like it's hard to leave some of those things behind. And some of those things that I'm talking about are things like the things that I'm not proud of. Losing my temper or being angry about stupid small things that don't matter. Being frustrated with you know finances or job situations or schedules that don't line up and all this stuff. And then when your kids get sick and you have to adjust your schedule for that, there's so many little things that tend to take our perspective. And, and in 2016, guys, I really hope that we can help families leave some of those things behind, have a better year. You know, I think I think as as the new year always comes, I think everybody always has, you know, the resolution fever, you know, where they want to, there's things in their life, whether it's, you know, wanting to be more fit and so they want to leave their belly behind or or things like that, you know, and I think much like you, you have commented, like I would, you know, things that I've thought about is, you know, how can I be a better dad and, and husband this year? You know, not, you know, just realizing that in general, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I think rather than just doing it at New Year's, which is a great time, I think we always as believers need to be constantly, you know, kind of assessing ourselves and saying, all right, God, what areas of my life can I be, you know, giving to you and improving on? Um, and I know for me, that's, that's probably one of them, you know, cause I know I'm not perfect in that area, but you know, I got another baby on the way and it's like, all right, how can I be more effective before this new one comes and kind of throws the system, you know, in, in a different way. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting as you guys talk, I mean, it, through all the years you hear people talking about new year's resolutions and, and this kind of thing, you know, a new start, whatever. Yeah. And at the end of the year and beginning of next year, you're going to be talking about the same thing. Yep. So the the question really is, is are we a bunch of talkers or do we actually find something that we need to improve on and actually do it? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and what's the difference there? I used to be a school teacher taught fifth grade. And one of the things I realized is that when the kids came into class, you know, there were times where kids were really disruptive and troubled. And 100% of the time for me, it traced back to something that was going on at home. Mm. You know, I mean, it just did. Mm-hmm. Um, I still work with youth. And, and, the, and the other night at church, we had this little girl and, and, and we were playing these games and she was doing real well. But we had this one game, I call it the snowball stack. And it's really beanbags I put on their heads and they run around with four beanbags on their head having to balance it. And this girl kept, you know, the, the beanbags kept falling off her head. And then she went to her small group and she just burst out angry and cried and 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 her her leader took her out in the hall and just well, hey what's going on yeah well mm-hmm. my mom and dad are getting divorced and I lose everywhere I go and mm-hmm. you know what I mean what we don't understand is that that the God made us to be this relational group yeah and and when it's not working it does bother us and and it affects us in our lives and and that, therefore we need to really focus on the most foundational most important relationships in our life because they're going to affect everything else about our lives i mean you guys know that if if something right now is really strained at home mm-hmm. if you're really really you know there's something unresolved with your wives or your children how much is your mind in the game today here in what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah it's not right. so it's so what we have to understand is that first of all we were made to have these relationships when they're messed up Boy, they affect everything. And, and secondly, there's total confusion as to what these relationships really are supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's an expectation thing we have to work on. 
because if you are not clear as to what relationships, what family relationships are supposed to be, then you are living this confusion, and confusion never does well. Confusion does not bring clarity. It brings confusion. It, it brings obscurity. It brings, uh, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where what life is about. And you spend your time trying to sort it out. Where, where definition, a, a clear definition of what you, you're doing in life allows you to have this clarity and gives you certainty and you move forward very confidently in life. So I think what we need to do is have a discussion about what about the family is things that we can adjust, that we should adjust, and that actually work. Yeah. And, and, and how should it be? Because there's a way it should be. And if we're not there, we have to understand it's going to affect us at work. It's going to affect us at play. It's going to affect our children. It's going to affect our in-laws. It's going to affect our aunts and uncles. I mean, this is the most powerful Mm. Um, uh, effect on a nation is the family. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think in our nation, the family's under such um, scrutiny and, and embattlement at this point, uh, because it is such a powerful institution that actually affects everything else about the nation. Yeah. Absolutely. And nothing really has impacted my life, and I'm sure many people, you're listening tonight, and you probably think the same thing. No one's really impacted my life in such a distinct way as my family, whether it's your mom, your dad, your uncle, aunt, grandparents, brother, sister. These are people that are in your life that you didn't have a decision on who you'd be born into, what family you'd be born into. And so it really does impact us in a way that's so much different. You can't change your bloodline, whether you like it or not. And so we want to have an open conversation about this tonight. What does the family look like? How should it be in in a world that seems to be more and more connected, but yet more and more disconnected? So join us on the tweet back tonight. Share your thoughts with us. You can use Twitter. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works, that confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. Our live coaches are there around the clock. And if you're ever dealing with something that you feel is just too overwhelming for you to handle by yourself and you're not sure who to go to to talk to about this and there's no one that you could just call or whatever, there are live coaches right now available to chat with at HopeNet360.com. So Jeff, Dave, Jason with you tonight on the show talking about an honest conversation dealing with family, reframing family and what it really means to be in a family and also some of the hangups, some of the struggles that today are really ripping families apart. And how do we, in 2016, how do we make some adjustments? I think we talked about resolutions. And one of our, probably, I would say many of our, our godly men out there that are husbands and dads, we really desire to be the best husband, the best dad, 
uh, to our wives, to our kids. And I think it's really important to look at each year and make some adjustments. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of a new year is you're able to look at some of the things that you made some mistakes on and just say, Hey, let's, let's start talking about some adjustments that we can make in the next, you know, couple of months here. And a couple months later, you look down a little bit further and you say, well, did that work? That didn't work. And, and just have an honest conversation about evaluation. I think in family life today, there's so many different distractions, so many different things that vie for our attention that to actually sit down and to write out or to talk about some of these things. I mean, it's almost like you need permission to talk about some of the stuff going on in the families. Why is that, Dave? Well, you, you know, a lot of times we don't understand what the family is. First and foremost, everybody's in a family. I mean, everybody is. Um, you're you're basically, if you're a single person, you still had mom and dad. You still have grandparents and aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters. I mean, you're you're in a family, and there's the family relationships are the most important relationships in the world. Uh, first and foremost, you have to realize that you you automatically feel connected to your mother. Everybody does because you were a part of her body. You were a part of her for nine months. You're inside mm-hmm. this, this, this other human being. Many of, uh, of the people were nursed for, by their mothers and nourished by their mothers. And, you know, there's this connection that mothers have with their children. That's why mom is so powerful in your life as far as both influence and saying something, you want her to be proud of, that kind of thing. In the family relationships, you can have the most tremendous love and the most tremendous anger um, to really be angry with somebody, you have to love them very much, and it needs to matter. And that's why within a a relationship like that, it matters. Uh, The other theory I have, and it's not biblical necessarily, but the other thing I've noticed is that every child seems to want to have a connection with their dad. And I think Mm -hmm. that's different because the connection with dad is not like mom because with mom it was automatic it was they were they were part of mom they were inside of mom they were nourished from mom dad didn't do any of that so so there's this desire there's an affirmation that comes from dad because dad has to make this effort and and it's an outside effort to connect and even though the connection seems like it's there from the beginning, the connection has to be worked on all their life because it's different. Mom seems to have it automatically. And, you know, as, as I'm older now, I've, I've watched this, and I have watched moms and children, and I see that automatic connection between them. And moms feel a certain way about their kids that dads can roll their eyes and say, that's not true, you know, whatever, because there's a different connection there. And, and what happens is that in life, because of that, many dads will walk. I mean, they can walk. There, there can be a, a lady give birth, and they're not even there for the birth, and they're not there afterwards, and there's a lot of single moms. And, and ch- children grow up seeking this dad. So I guess as I look at it, there, there's a lot of things that go through my head, but one of the most important things that I've learned is that dads have to make a real significant effort to connect with their children. Not just a token effort, but a significant effort. Saying that, though, I, I don't want to get us into the ball game of of having our world revolve around the kids and making them the king and queens of the world. That's not what I'm saying. Let me give you a quick example, because the pendulum swings. So when I was a kid, I, I, I was a swimmer in high school and football player, and our swim meets were usually weekdays right after school. Well, my dad worked. He couldn't come to those swim meets. It's not like he could come to all of them. And, and I thought that was reasonable because he worked. It wasn't like uh, I ever felt like, oh, my dad didn't love me. You know, he didn't care for me because he couldn't make the swim meet. No, he actually worked every day till supper. I mean, it wasn't that he could do that every day. Every once in a while, he could come. If it was a Saturday meet or a late enough, I mean, there were some days where he could arrange it to come. But basically, he had other things he had to do. And I didn't expect him to rearrange his whole world around me. 
Yeah. And yet at the same point, my dad did spend time with me, spent time with me uh, working a lot here up at camp as we grew up, spent time with me trying to teach me baseball, which never worked, um, but he, <laughs> he did try. I mean, my dad would spend time with me, but it was different than my mom's time. My mom was the carer back when I grew up. She made sure the laundry was done, you know, I mean, very stereotypic maybe in that time and, and made sure we were fed and all that stuff. But my dad, you know, he made sure that I learned yeah. like I should. My mom kind of took care of the physical stuff, and my dad made sure I was learning things. It was really fun to be a part of that family in that situation because they seemed to know their roles, and they seemed to do them well. So as I got older, I realized I need to do that too. But today I'm finding that the dads are thinking, well, i got to be at every soccer game. i got to be at every, you know, or and I'm not sure that's true. But here's what I do know is that you have to make an effort if you're a dad to spend quality time with your child. And I'm not sure just watching them play a sport is that. I think playing the sport with them might be. Yeah. But I'm not sure just them. watching them is. Yeah. I will tell you, though, as a, a former athlete, that I enjoyed having my dad at my games. That was one thing that I just, I loved. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy that. And in college, he was at my football games, you know, my because they were on Saturdays and he could do it. But it didn't revolve around me. Mm. You know, and I think that's that's very true, you know, because, um, you know, just like you, Jeff, you know, my dad came, I played baseball for a couple of years. I didn't play baseball my whole life, um, played two years and that was it. But he came to my games, but it was more the things that I remember with my dad is the times that he interacted with me or we worked on projects together, you know, because he, he worked, you know, kind of like Dave kind of talked about. But, you know, the moments that I remember, the moments where he kind of intentionally, you know, came and, and said, hey, let's go do this or let's, you know, experience this activity together, you yeah. know, and those were the lasting things in my life. So I could see where that, that benefit. Yeah. Let's there. do something together, you know, and, and growing up here at camp, honestly, we used to come up on the weekends and we would build buildings together, pour cement together, do that kind of thing. And, and he'd be right next to me. We'd be doing it together. So yeah. it, it was like, no, there was an intentionality of being together. My dad used to take me places. You know, he was a guy that knew the guys who started Awana and all kinds of stuff. And, and he'd be going out to lunch and, and Dave, you want to go with us? Sure. So I would go with him. You know, now I wouldn't say much, but I'd love to go eat those hamburgers and stuff at those places. And I would just sit there as a boy and I would listen to all these guys that were doing ministry and, and I would just listen to them talk. Yeah. You know, so they were a part of my life to this day. One of them is uh, 96 years old, and I still get to talk to him, and he's still part of my life. See, what happens is you grow up, and your dad made you part of his life. Mm -hmm. and, and what happens today is there's these segments that are going on. A fourth grader goes to fourth grade, spends all day with fourth graders. He comes home, and he goes outside and plays with fourth graders. Yeah, And, and then he, he gets called in for supper, if he even gets that. And he gets supper, and then he goes out afterwards, plays with fourth graders until it's time to go to bed. Then he goes to bed. He gets up the next day, plays with fourth graders, goes to school with fourth graders. You know, how much time is he really a part of dad's life? How much mm -hmm. time is he really a part of mom's life? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I think we need to correct is it's not just watching a game. And boy, I'm all for watching a game if you can, if you can schedule it and see it. That's very cool. But at the same point, I'm also for not letting your child ever believe that the whole world revolves around them mm -hmm. because you're teaching them a bad thing at that point. And if you really want to do something to be a part of their life, then be a part of their life. Get them to be a part of your life, but do it intentionally and make sure that every day. I remember as my kids grew up, I, I tried to have a goal of spending at least two hours in the afternoon with them. We homeschooled them so I could do that, and, and I tried to do that. Now, basically, they grew up here at camp. And, and in the afternoon, as you would know, Jason, right after lunch is when I had the time where I could spend with them. Oh, absolutely. In the evening, I was busy. In the morning, I was busy. 
but I could do it at some point in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I realized that that time spent with them was more than most dads were spending with their kids. Mm-hmm. And even though I was busy in the evening and in the morning, I got to spend that time with them. And that was very critical. Yeah. So I, I want to encourage the dads out there. It doesn't have to be rocket science, but include your children in your life and go do something. Don't sit there and just watch television with them and, and watch movies and I can think, play games, do stuff. Go out and do something with them. Make a memory with them and... That'll be a huge, huge, significant impact in their life. Yeah, and Dave, when we come back, I want to talk about the real purpose of family because there's, again, a lot of different definitions, a lot of different ideas of what family is. Of course, there's a lot of different models today. Talk about the traditional family, blended families. There's a lot of different dynamics going on in families, but how did families originate? What was the purpose of them? Why would, if God created this whole world and everything in it, why did actually God put people together and and uh, and all that? So uh, let's understand this a little bit more. Let's unpack the whole family thing when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash slavery. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Connect with us right now. We are on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, tonight after the show, we will post our show notes and some thoughts, some links, maybe some helpful tips in this whole discussion about family. It's not a complete one. It's not one we're trying to... Uh, of course, we know that whenever we talk about family, it hits close to home, so to speak. And for us, we we have our own experiences, but our own experiences don't really speak to the entirety of it. But I think where we can agree on or where we can come together is to understand really what family was intended from the beginning for. And there may be things that have happened in your past or maybe things that have happened in in the past before you were even born that have fractured and fragmented families and, and kind of split up that family line in places that uh, we don't want to revisit as a family. And I understand that. I get that. That's not my story. That's your story. And so every one of us has a different experience with family. But Dave, as we go back and we reframe really what family is all about, there was a way that family was established, yeah. and we have to go back to the very first family, really to get an idea of where this whole concept, where this came from, what the purpose is of the family. Right. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts. You're a guy who's been down the, the parenting road and family road, and of course, you've got imperfections as all of us do, but help us understand where the family came from and what the purpose is behind family. Yeah, you know what? I think in order to understand anything, you go back to how it was created in the first place. If you want to know how a pen was used, you go back and you realize its purpose has got ink, it's for writing, etc. If you want to use it for a canoe paddle, you're certainly free to. It's just a really stupid idea. When you think about the family, God made it a certain way. When you look in Genesis chapter 2, 18th verse, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Think about that. All the animals were created. There was all kinds of chaos, all kinds of stuff going on, all kinds of trees, all kinds of food, all kinds of, but man was alone. And what he did, he said, I will make him a helper fit for him. I will make someone to fulfill him. And he made woman. And ever since then, Satan has been attacking the idea of a man and a woman and and the commitment to each other. When you look in the Bible, you see very clearly that, that, that 
relationships start there in the Garden of Eden, and they started with Adam and Eve, and, and there was nobody, and there was nothing that could take the place of a woman in a man's life and that kind of thing, and that's the way God created it. So the family was made of a man, and a family was made of a woman, and, and it's really simple to see. They're, they're made differently. Physically, they're differently. This is not a complicated thing to understand. That's how Satan works. He makes it complicated. You're a man, but you're not a man, or you're a woman, but you're not really a woman. No, it's real simple. There's men and there's women, and God made them differently. He made them in a way where they needed certain things. When Jesus was asked about what was important in life, he said to love the Lord your God and to love each other. What he did is he framed it in a relational way. He framed it in, in a way that said you need to love God and have this relationship with God, and you need to love one another and have a relationship with one another. When you look at relationships and how important they are, what happens is that relationships are something that takes a commitment. In other words, I need to be committed to the people I have a relationship with. Hmm. And, and why is that? Because we are people and we're sinful. We do things we shouldn't do. We might get sick. We might be rich. We might be poor. We don't know what the future holds. The commitment brings stability. And so what we see is that, that, that God made us to be in relationship with him and with each other. And he made us to be committed in relationships. And he made us to be focused on those relationships. In other words, to make them a great priority in our life, not an afterthought. You know, today I, I would venture that many people listening to us uh, have made God an afterthought. If they get to having a relationship with him, if they read the Bible, if they spend time with him, that's an afterthought. And maybe that'll work and maybe it won't today. They, they have made a relationship with their, their spouse or their children an afterthought. And if they actually get to spend time with them and do something with them, great, but if they don't, it's an afterthought because they've got all these other very important things to do. Well, I might suggest that there's nothing more important than the relationship you have with God and the relationship you have with your family, and, and that the commitment needs to be there for both of those, and the focus of life should be there. Everything else is going to be affected by that, mm-hmm. and that's in, important to see. Again, as a, as a school teacher and one who's worked with youth all my life, what happens at home affects everything about the child. It affects their emotional well-being. It affects their focus. It, it, it affects people as they work. It, it, it's silly to think that you would go to work today and you've been fighting with your spouse and you're going to end up at work and you're going to be very productive and very happy and everyone's going to want to be around you. See, that's not going to happen. We need to understand we were actually made to be in relationship. But, but here's, the, here's the hard part, and I'll ask you guys this question and see if man, I could be up barking up the wrong tree. But, Jason, when, when you got married, was your first thought, I want to be married for her benefit, or was it to meet some of your needs? Uh, it was probably to meet some of my needs. Yeah. How about, how about you, Jeff? Well, there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of both and. But yeah. in some ways, yes, it's self-serving. In other ways, it was that this would be the woman that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. So with that did come the idea of service. Right. Uh, but that, again, is a mentoring thing. It's not something that would have come naturally to me. Um, most times I, was, I would say I would probably err on the side of this was for me. All right. Yeah, I might get thrown under the bus for this one, but I think most people get married because they have a picture of something for themselves to meet their needs and to meet mm-hmm. their desires and, and, and they have something that they want to do for them. Mm-hmm. And in order to accomplish that, they need somebody else. You yeah. know, in order to have a family, you need a husband, you need, you basically get married to meet your own needs. And then what that does is that begins a very self-centered relationship. Mm. 
because you're married. And so now if you're married and, and people do not meet your needs, what happens? It's a crummy marriage. Yeah. You see, what we've messed up on is a lot of times we don't realize that the, the key part of a relationship is the commitment factor to it. We make it an arrangement. Uh, if you have an arrangement with somebody and you break your part of the deal, then the deal's off. Yeah. If I'm a lawyer and, and I make a contract with somebody and they don't fulfill their end of the contract, the contract's off. And so many times that's what we look at marriage as. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in this arrangement and if you don't fulfill your part of it, for me, by the way, mm-hmm. then it's off and I'm miserable. Yeah. That's not how it was created to be. It, I am created to be one who dies to self. And when I have trouble in my marriage, it's because I am a self-centered, egotistical person who is living for my needs to be met. And I don't care about other people. I want my wife to meet my needs. I want my children to meet my needs. I want the world to revolve around me. It kind of sounds like I want to be God in my own home. <laughs> yeah, it does. At, at this point, doesn't it? And, and that's not how it was made. It was made the opposite. When, when Jesus saw our need, when God saw our need, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Hmm. That's love. See, what I need to do is turn it around and begin to be somebody who says, all right, first of all, a family is one man, one woman. That's how it's defined in the Bible. And, and I get to be in this relationship. And Jesus tells me, God tells me, that I need to love my wife like Christ of the church. In other words, I, need, I get to love her in a way where I get to look for the ways to bring the best out of her and make her the best person she can be, and that's my role. And I tell you, if I do that to her and she does that to me, you've got a marriage worth being in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if not, you know, when my marriage starts to get rocky, I know the first thing I do is I start looking in my own life, what ways have I been self-centered? Mm-hmm. What ways have I made this about me? And, and immediately I can start straightening the problem out, and my dear wife doesn't have to do anything. She didn't even, even know about it at this point. Because I realize I'm the problem, she's not the problem, and I've shifted to thinking that this is all about me and my needs rather than it's about her and the children and and glorifying God. Dave, I'm a firm believer that in 2016, what will either make or break some of these resolutions, and when we talk about family and making decisions, making some things happen that didn't happen in 2015 and doing things better from a maybe a husband, a married status, uh, or just as a family person, as a dad, we have to analyze, we have to look at and evaluate the influencers that we have allowed to be in the home. See, as a husband, as a guy, I get to be part of that decision-making process of what influences we allow into our home, what things we're going to allow our kids to watch, what things we're going to allow into our home for, you know, we're talking about things like alcohol or cigarettes or even drugs, things like this that influence us in negative ways. There are so many things, distractions, and I would even probably throw in smartphones and in some ways, internet, social media, this sort of thing. What influencers are we allowing into our homes that could potentially be a hazard to our family life in 2016? So the second half of the show is coming up. We're going to talk about this. We're going to unpack it and we'll help you to get some understanding. How do we put some of this stuff into play? What things do we evaluate and how should we begin to see things differently in reframing this whole idea of family when we come back here on HopeNet Radio? Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. 
Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio, and I'd love to invite you, our listening guest, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at wolfriverrefuge.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us. Join us on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And if you miss any part of this conversation tonight, we will post the podcast on our website, HopeNet360.com. You can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. We are on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, on Stitcher Radio. And in 2016, we hope that this show will help you to get your life in some way back on track, and especially starting with that faith journey that you and I are all on. We're on some kind of a faith journey, not just that, but being a part of God's family. And tonight, we're having a real conversation about family life. So this might be a difficult conversation for you. We don't have the entirety of what we would love to talk about in a family setting, the many different dynamics that are in reality. Guys, no two families are truly similar or exactly the same. Go to one family's home, I spent some time with them and and there are things that I go home and I don't know if you've had this, Dave, in your life, but maybe your kids have asked you, oh, I wish we would do this. I, you know, so-and-so's family, Joey's family does this. Why don't we do this sort of thing? It is interesting that no two families really are the same. Yeah, you know, I, as you said that, it, it kind of brought back to memories because I think I did that at one point, I'm sure, as a kid. I remember my parents saying, well, you're not so-and-so. You know, like if I referred to, you know, Johnny, you know, yeah, Johnny's got this. Well, you're not Johnny. Okay. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> I'm somebody else. I'm somebody else. You know, but I, I think, I think, you know, I love this conversation because, you know, to me, as I look at culture in our world, and, and this was really opened up to me when I went to Ireland too, and just how much they value family. I mean, obviously there's, there's broken families. So obviously there's so many different, you know, whether you're part of a, you know, a traditional family or if your parents got divorced or maybe you have a single parent and maybe, you know, one of your parents passed away from crazy experiences or whatever. But, you know, one of the things that I was able to see just through the eyes of a different culture is is the value of that and the value of influence within a family. And over in Ireland, you know, they, they had intentional, like, like Sunday was family day, regardless of what sort of background they were. It didn't matter church they went to, it didn't matter, you know, even, even their faith, you know, it didn't matter. You know, everybody spent time together as a family, you know, and even extended families because of the influence that it had in their lives, you know. And, and as we talk about you know, relationships. I think it's so crucial because God uses relationships to teach us things and help us shape things. I mean, I even think of myself and how I learn and grow. And I sur- I try to surround myself with people that can challenge me and people that I w- I'm like, man, I wish I could be like that person, not because of the things they have, but necessarily because of the way that they respond to different situations and, and the godliness I see in them. When I even think about my own family and my son growing up, you know, my hope is that he can learn that from both me and my wife. But then also, as he grows older, I realize that he's going to get to a point where he's going to question that and say, all right, you know, I grew up listening to my parents, but is this legit? You know, are other people doing this? Great. And that's where I think it's also important where there's other key people outside of the family that can partner with your family 
to kind of reinforce the truth that you've been that you've been instilling within your family and i think that's a key you know because it's even those people that can even help fill in for a missing father or a missing mother and there's ways to do that without being inappropriate and and things like that but i think Mm -hmm. the role that that the family and relationships can have as as we mature and grow and and develop in our walk with christ is is hugely profound because that's the way that god intended it to be yeah yeah, you know, I think I look back and I think there's so many families that work to provide stuff to show that they're good families and, mm-hmm. and loving. You might have a dad or mom doing two jobs, whatever, and they're never home. They're never with their kids. And and what's interesting there is that when I was in a, a third world country just teaching the Bible, they had nothing. They made $12 a year where I was at. But I'll tell you, they had great family relationships and they had great relationship with God. And I thought, you are living a life that's not distracted by other stuff. Uh, And you have found out that in life, when you have nothing, it's family that matters. And in America, Satan takes and perverts everything good. He perverts relationships. And in America, I think people actually have relationships with things. Hmm. We would rather go golfing than be with our children. We kind of have a relationship with the golfing game. We actually began to have relationships with the fantasies we see on television and watch that. And that becomes more important than even talking with our children or being a part of their lives. And and it's interesting how that all gets twisted and and turned. But I do know this, that uh, when I taught school, I taught school in a very wealthy district, uh, Chicago area. Parents often had all the money in the world that they could just spend on their kids and their family, and they spent it. And I know that my kids just would love to have spent time with their parents. Yeah. And, and, and the trouble is they began to be per- perverted themselves in, in this sense. Perversion is not always a, a sexual term. I'm saying perverted in the sense that they grew up thinking that love was equated or, or equal to the giving of stuff hmm. and, and that you couldn't love without giving stuff. Well, no, that's not true. Love is giving of yourself. Yeah. And everyone that's listening out there can do that. The rich and the poor, they can all do that. They can give of themselves to the people around them. And as far as feeling chipped, you know, you look around. I felt chipped growing up. And Jason, you knew, you knew my family. I mean, you know, I'm the guy that had to go to church early to clean the bathrooms hmm. because nobody cleaned them because my dad was a pastor. And and I, we had to end up coming up every weekend to camp and working while my, my other buddies were playing and doing something else yeah. at home. And And I often thought, bummer. I am a, a part of a family where I got to go do stuff, you know, and I'm doing it with my dad. I'm doing it with my mom, but I got to go do stuff. Now, you guys look back on my life now and it's like, whoa, that was really good. You know, I look back and I'm thinking, I actually got to do stuff. You know, I mean, <laughs> I did stuff with my dad. I did stuff with my, yeah. and when I'm a kid, I'm thinking I'm getting ripped off here. Yeah. Because all my friends are doing all kinds of stuff where they're not doing anything. They're just playing. Mm-hmm. And I have to go help this lady shovel her sidewalk because we're Christians and I'm supposed to be nice to her. You know what I mean? And I got to go do that. My dad and I are both shoveling, or my brother and I, whatever, I go shoveling this lady's walk. And, and, and you look at it eventually as a kid and you think you're getting ripped off. No, I think my dad had it right. He understood. We as a family are not like everybody else. Yeah. We're, we weren't a wealthy family. We're a poor family. And, and we served people and we were content doing that. That's what we did. And, and he led it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing, Dave, is you're talking there, all the different things that you do with your dad and that sort of stuff. One of the things that I think of, and I, I haven't seen this done in a lot of families, but one of the things that I don't know if it'll help in the long run, but I have to I have to actually be intentional about some things and kind of, in a way, it's almost like showing appreciation. 
you know, I don't know the last time that maybe you're listening tonight, young people, um, you're a teenager, maybe you're younger than a teenager. And when was the last time you told your mom or your dad, I, I love you because, and start to just think of different things that you love about your mom or your dad. Some of the things that for some reason, we just don't naturally think about communicating these things, but yet are so, I think they're vitally important. They're more important, I think, to us that are our moms and dads who are looking for a promotion or a job. I would say I would much rather have my sons come to me and, and, uh, and, and show their affection or, or communicate their affection than to get that new promotion or the new accomplishment that I'm searching for. Those things don't bring the kind of satisfaction or the uh, security that I would think that your family does bring when they're able to show appreciation. And when, as a parent, when was the last time that you sat down with your kids and said, you know, son, you know, I, for me, I sit down with my boys at least once a week, I would say. I'm not perfect in doing it once a day, but I'll just sit down and I'll just say, you know, Liam, I love you. I'm glad that you're my son. Uh, this is something that I love about you. And I try to point out some of the small things that I see in him and that he's doing every day that he doesn't realize are a good thing. Because a lot of times I get focused on the negatives. I get focused on the things that I don't like about my family or the struggles that, you know, we deal with on a, on a day to day basis, which clothes we're going to wear, um, why my son isn't necessarily doing things he's supposed to be doing that he knows better on. And I, I focus on those things and I don't really affirm as much as I should as a dad. And that takes some token kind of focus. We need to actually be attentive to those things as well. So I want to open up an, an opportunity maybe for you tonight, if you're listening to the show and, and you have an opportunity at your fingertips to just talk about that. Say, you know, son, daughter, I love you. I love that you're my daughter. I love that you're my son. I love this about you. And just start to talk about those things and see what happens. I think when we start to look at this new year and how to make some of these changes, we actually have to take our focus and put them in a different direction. So we're going to unpack this a little bit more, give you some more helpful tips, and then talk about some of these distractions that we do allow into our homes. How do we manage those things better? What do, what decisions should we make in 2016 that will help us on the family front? So this and more coming up here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at nicolaybibleinstitute.org. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Join us on the tweet back right now. We're hanging out. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Anytime you want to leave thoughts, if you're listening to the podcast, you can jump on Twitter. Use that hashtag, and we'll get it. We'll retweet it. We'll respond to it. We'd love to hear from you tonight. You can also email us anytime on the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com is our email address. And you can write to us, you can send us thoughts, show topics if you want to hear us talk about something, questions that you have for us on the show that you'd like us to explain, or maybe go into further discussion on, we would love to hear from you as well. So glad that you've joined us tonight on the show, talking about family and reframing family. One of the things that I brought up that I thought we should unpack a little bit more, guys, is the the amount of things that we allow into our homes. You know, as a, a husband, I know there are so many distractions today, so many things that uh, I don't know that I necessarily want my kids seeing. 
seeing or being around, but yet there are other families that I know of. I grew up around some friends that I had, their families. They allowed some things into their homes that my family didn't. And one of those things, just to be somewhat simplistic, I, I wasn't allowed to watch PG-13 movies until, you know, really I was at least 15 or 16. And yet I remember there was one time that I went to a friend's house and we watched a PG-13 movie. And I got home and somehow it came out. Somehow my mom found out and she was not so happy about that. And I don't know if that's really changed today. I don't know if there are still families that do that sort of thing where they have some different boundaries on media, but there are a lot and there, guys, there are tons of distractions that are in families life. And I think I'm, I'm kind of guessing here. I'm not going to try to lump everybody into this, but I think some of the family tension, some of the family struggles are only being enhanced or are only being further perpetuated because we have a lot of distractions in the home. And I think as a parent, as someone who is now a parent, I thought it was kind of restrictive and, and sometimes kind of lame that I didn't grow up with cable TV. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have the internet until really it was, it was around for quite some time, uh, even to have a home computer. So, but today that's totally changed. There are a lot of distractions that families have. And not only that, but substances. So you've got things like alcohol, you've got drugs in the home, whether it's, you know, prescription medication, things that we are addicted to, even pornography. I mean, dads, husbands, guys that struggle with pornography. This is another one of those things. There are so many things today that we need to address in our own personal lives in order to have a real positive effect on family lives. Do you guys find this to be true? I think you kept using the word distraction. Oh, I distraction, did. Distraction, distraction. Yeah. That's good. What is it? First of all, you have to know what are you being distracted from? What, what is it that you guys um, would look at your homes and you would look and say, here's what we have taught by how we live the normal is. Here's how we teach children to go through hard situations. Here's how we teach them to live in good days. Here's how we teach them to talk about money. Here's how we, I mean, basically what's happening in a home is that you're establishing a normal. Mm -hmm. And what children will do as they get older is they start to check out the normal within your home against the normal that they see on television, against the normal that they see at their friends' houses, and against the normal that they might see, you know, if they go to camp or whatever else. They, they get to check out the normal that other people have. And, and what they will do is often they will not talk to you about that. They'll just look at it. And they'll come home and they know that your normal is and then they see these other normals and they see what's going on and they begin to choose which normal they actually like and, and, and more approve of. I think it's important to open the dialogue at home, first of all, when there's other normals that are taking place, that you talk about them. You see something on television, don't just look at it and don't say anything. If you see something on television that's, that's going on that's not the normal in your family, you need to mention it and say, that's not normal. Why would they be doing that? I mean, that's not good. So that they see that there's an understanding on your part and, and what normal is and you give them some reasoning for what you do. The other thing is to realize that the stuff that we do in our home is actually authorizing things that our children will do in the future and they'll do them to excess. Alcohol, for example, let's say that, that maybe you're not a teetotaler, you drink just a little bit of alcohol, but what your children see is that you do drink alcohol, you have approved it. And what they do is they get older, they drink more alcohol than you because you've approved it, you've already given them the act. Now, they may not know that you do it you know, twice a year for this celebration or that, whatever, you've approved it. Television, I'll use that for an example because it's an easy one. I grew up, we had black and white televisions, we had, and then they went to color and all that stuff. But my dad wasn't against television. You know, Back then, the biggest screen uh, people had 
was a 25 inch. We didn't have one, but the next size was 19 inch and, and we had a 19 incher. So, you know, we could watch television. You know what? My dad watched very little television, but I watched a lot more and my kids watched a lot more. Why? Because I authorized it and my dad authorized it. Guys who smoke, guys who are uh, self-centered at home, guys who, you know, live for money, guys. What you're doing is, is teaching a normal. This is how you are to be normal. Whether we realize it or not, fathers and mothers, uh, those that are, are the influencers in life, they will stand before God for how they influence their children. Mm -hmm. And their children are being influenced by them. And if you are going to be involved in doing something illegal, if you're going to be involved in, in, in drugs and alcohol, first of all, you got to realize that we have our head in the sand on a lot of that stuff. In other words, we think, well, these are my individual rights. I'm not really hurting somebody else. You are hurting somebody else. Mm -hmm. If you're really an alcoholic or you're really involved in drugs or you're really involved in smoking, your focus becomes those things. And you cannot function without those things. Recently, I was talking to somebody who um, I think struggles with alcohol, and they kept saying they didn't. And, and I said, then why is it a big deal when we get together? Why is it that you're always talking about it? Why is it that you're always defending it? If it's not a big deal, why can't you just walk away from it? And, and it wasn't until a month later they came back and said, you're right. Hmm. It's a big deal. I can't walk away from it. It's got me. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And what does it say about your life then? Instead of you being controlled by your intentional decisions to love people, to love God, to do what's right, this is controlling you. You have to come home and think about where am I going to grab this drink? You know, I know guys that smoke cigarettes and, and they basically, their kids don't know they smoke and they really are good at not letting people know they smoke, but they have to come home and immediately they got to figure out where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. How am I going to get out of here? Where am I? You know, I mean, it's like, yep. come on, get rid of that burden. Yep. My goodness, you're destroying the times. You're, you're living like this pretend life. Then you got the others that say, I'm not going to be pretend. I'll just smoke and. Well, what are you passing on to your kids then? Mm -hmm. We need to learn that, that as a family, as a dad especially, I need to adjust my life so that my children and my wife, my children and all those influence, they can imitate everything I do to excess. And they would only be better if they did that. And, and I, need to, I need to have that kind of mind frame instead of the kind of mind frame that, well, you can do this, but not till you're 21. And you shouldn't do this. And you need to watch this. And you need to limit that. No, they need to watch me in everything that I do, and I need to choose to live in a way where they can do everything to access and be okay. You know, I think another thing that uh, going along, we talked about distractions. One of the things that I was thinking about, too, is that all of those things keep us from communicating as a family. They do. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that we're missing nowadays is, is how to communicate with each other in a family. I mean, next time, you know, if you go out to eat, next time you go out to eat or, or that sort of thing, just just people watch. You know, I don't know if you've people watched before, but just try to people watch for a second and just look around and see how many people are actually communicating, you know, so they're not on their smartphone, they're not on a device, they're not texting or Snapchatting. Or I mean, even if you go to a concert, I was blown away when I went to a concert because, you know, here I am enjoying, you know, the concert and I'm looking around and everybody's snapping and, you know, texting and I'm like, why don't you just enjoy this? Right. Yeah. You know, and I think part of those things, the distractions is it, it's, it's, helping us forget what it means to communicate because that's a huge aspect of relationships. You can't have a relationship if you don't have communication. And that's more than just talking about sports and how was school and how was work. You know, communication is learning how to invest into somebody and say, all right, what's going on in your life? Tell me about it. 
You yep. know, and th- I think that's something that, that we're missing as well that we could probably work on by just maybe putting down things for a little bit, sort of turning yep. off the TV for a little bit. That way we can learn how to converse. Because like, like Dave said, those things are picked up on young people, you know, and the more and more I, I, I talk with young people, the more and more that they don't know how to communicate behind, beyond the surfacey right. everyday sort of things. And that's the thing about reframing is we have to strip away, continually strip away things that are not necessarily, they don't really fall right away into the excess category, but the whole needs versus want thing, what things do we really need in our life if we're looking with the end in mind? If I'm looking and I'm saying, you know, the end result, I want to raise up my sons to not only be good men in my community, not only be leaders in their local church community, or maybe even go into ministry themselves, but I want them to be real great husbands, real great dads themselves. And to begin to look at that and say, what am I doing today that's actually helping them with that? And I've been reading a book lately called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and it's a leadership kind of a book. But one of the things that it says early on, the author Stephen Covey says right away in the book is that our character basically is a composite of our habits. You sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap character, and you sow a character, you reap a destiny. And what that essentially means is we have to look at the little things in our life and even things such as, like you said, Jason, our smartphones, our distractions, the things that we allow to get in between relationship. I want to encourage you guys. We're going to wrap this show up when we come back, but there are some things that we need to just do in taking steps back towards our family because I think what tends to happen is we move away from order into a place of chaos. That's what happens naturally. Even in the universe, we move from a state of order to a state of chaos. And unless you actually take active steps in keeping order, your life will turn out to be dysfunctional. And that's the one thing that we really want to help you guys unpack as we wrap this show up. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason with you on the show tonight, having a pretty honest conversation and maybe feeling a little bit of stepping on some toes. But I want to encourage you, if you feel offended, talk about some of these things because we're not. our goal in the show is not to offend. It's not to bring up things that make us sound like we're experts and that we have all the answers. It's We're speaking to ourselves in a lot of these things. I know Jason and I, we both have young families and, and we're asking the same questions that you are. How? do I live out this faith life and being a really good family person, being in some ways better than I was brought up and in some ways doing things a little bit differently so that my kids have maybe a better experience. I don't know, but I'm also looking at my legacy and I want to be seen as a guy who loves his family, who loves his wife, who loves his kids, who was there. Um, I don't want to necessarily be the guy that's first off the bat is this guy was a really great CEO and, and you know, did all these things. I mean, those are great accolades, but if I fail my family, am I really being a great husband? Am I really being a great dad? Probably not. And so I have to look at my own life and I have to ask these hard questions too. We have to have 
honest conversations in my house. So the things that I'm talking about, I'm talking to myself here. I'm going to give myself something to listen to and to go back and check out and, and ask some of these questions, have these conversations with my family because I think they're so important. They will save lives. I think family is an important thing to look at. And before we get back into that part of it and wrapping that conversation up, guys, I know we've got some great events coming up at Silver Birch Ranch and the Refuge. The first thing that's only a couple weeks out, Winter Jam. I'm excited for this. And uh, Jason, can you tell me anything, any secrets, anything that's going on uh, with Winter Jam that uh, maybe you can let the cat out of the bag on? Absolutely. It's going to be incredible. Not only do you get to come and have a blast um, in our winter wonderland environment, you know, so we have... uh, tubing on the snow we have our tube terrain park with jumps and all that we have power tubing behind a snowmobile we have cross-country skiing ice skating room ball um all that fun stuff plus we have an incredible speaker this year jordan hoffman from woodlands church down in plover um he spoke at the district's youth conference last year in green bay and so we're excited for um just the encouragement that he's going to bring the band that we're having is called walk the deep they're from the the nina wisconsin area and they're uh they're an up-and-coming band that uh kind of has a, a nice uh, sound to them. And so we're just really excited. So if you're thinking, you know, hey, I want to come, there's still plenty of room. Go to uh, silverbirchranch.org, click on the register button, and sign up for Winter Jam. We'd love to have you or your youth group come out. It'd be a blast. And I know, Dave, uh, the refuge is something that's really been taking off lately. I know this is it's a little bit off-site, but yep. there are some really great events that are coming up there. And can you share a little bit about this Digging Deeper weekend? Yeah, February 19th to 21st, we're having a, a Digging Deeper weekend. And this is really designed for people who want to learn how to study the Bible because we're going to take our Nicolay Bible Institute professors and and meet with the people there and actually go through and study something and show them how to do it so that they understand how to dig deeper into God's Word and get something out of it that they can actually apply. So, man, if you're interested, go take a look at our site, uh, silverbridgetrans.org, and click on the refuge there, and and we'll get you registered. So we're looking forward to uh, meeting a lot of people there and working through some some really cool issues in Bible study. All right, so guys, we've been having a great conversation about family. This point of the conversation, it's hard to probably summarize it, but I'd like to hear some of your final thoughts as, as our conversation is coming to a close tonight. You know, one of the things I would say, um, as, as we've been talking about just the various aspects of family, is is it doesn't happen by itself. You know, it takes intentionality. We threw that around, word around a little bit, and it takes relationships, you know, so ha- taking the time to invest. And so it's not just, you know, being around people, it's actually interacting and, and spending time and doing life together. You know, if you were to do a self-assessment of your own life and look at the people that have had the biggest influence on your life, it's the people that have taken time to invest into your life and have that relationship. And that's what I think this discussion was all about, but within the family context and just the importance of that, to make sure that you put aside the business and the distractions of life to actually take the time and invest into the members of your family, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your parents, or whether it's your children. And I think just that baby set of even saying, you know what, let's just turn off the TV or put down our devices for, you know, even 15, 20, half hour. You know, I think that's a great starting point, And I think you will, you will really appreciate it if you do. One of the things that you have to keep thinking about is family isn't about me. It's me about them. And because I think the more that I put in the context of self-centered Dave, the, the worse relationships I actually have. Sin always separates. It separates us from God. It separates us from each other. I need to deal with my sin, my self-centeredness. I need to deal with my pride. I need to deal with the fact that I want the world to revolve around me and start realizing that God made me to be about other people, to be about God and about others. And I, and I agree with Jason. You need to be intentional then to do that. 
You need to be intentional about spending time with God. If you're not doing that, it's not going to work. And, and you need to be intentional about spending time with your family. If you're not doing that, it's not going to work. And uh, I do practice that, and it's made a huge difference in my life. And I, I think it's one of those things every one of us needs to look at and just start with ourself. I think when we ask the question, how do I change my family in 2016? I think you're looking at it from the wrong vantage point. I think you need to have the perspective of, I've got to change me. I've got to do something for me. I've got to cut some of the habits that I have. I've got to let go of some things that I've allowed to take root in my life that I've become addicted to or I've become reliant on or that I've been seeking out for myself and say, is this really the best that God has for me? Because I believe in not just 2016, but in your life today, the choices that you make, the distractions you allow in your life, the influencers and the voices that you put around you will help shape the future. And it's important to look at the future and say, I want to get here. But then it's also important to look at some of that process. How do I get there? And so starting with myself, starting with prayer, letting God change my heart. That's why I, I focus a little bit more on the prayer side of it than I did when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. I look at my life and I say, you know, I have a lot of people that I can go to and talk to about these things, but I got to get better at just going and talking to God and just expressing my feelings and my emotions and allow Him to really shape my heart. Because again, God has the perspective that really nobody else on this world has. He can see from the top down and He really will speak into my life. I have to know that that is real, but then I also have to actively pursue that. And that's really a big way that I know my heart changes is when I spend time in prayer. Uh, it also takes little things like being on time for commitments. I know, I know, I know, I know as parents, as people who do a lot of different things, like to be involved in different facets of life and, and community, it gets harder to keep those time commitments. And being on time is an important thing. Be on time. Choose in 2016 to be on time for your family. Maybe you've been taking your family for granted in some ways and and just saying, yeah, I'll be there then, and I'm so guilty of this. Be on time. When you say you're going to be somewhere, be there for your family. And that might mean saying no to some other things. It might mean saying, sorry, guys, I got to go. My family's important to me. I'm taking some time and doing this. You don't even have to explain it, but just make sure you take a step towards your family this year. And things like being around for family meals, having one meal a day that you're together with family, this will instill value in that family and just being present, being real, being involved in their lives in some ways, being intentional about that, even if it's not necessarily dinner time, but it might be lunchtime if you're able to do that and your schedules are different. So just keeping some of those things in mind. And I go back to that same thing of just showing your appreciation. It seems like this is one of those things that gets lost in our families is that we don't communicate these things all the time. Maybe your family's different. Maybe you guys do compliment each other. Maybe you do point out the small things that are positives. Maybe you do affirm a lot of times, but I know in my own life, it's so easy to focus on the negatives. And I would just encourage you, find the positives, find the positives, find the positives, reinforce those things, and you'll begin to see some things change in your family life. So I want to encourage you, you can subscribe to our podcast on our website, hopenet360.com. That's where our show notes are at tonight. That's where our live coaches are hanging out is on our website. And we would love to, for you to be involved in this conversation as well. And so for all of us here on the show, thanks for joining us and being part of the conversation. We hope it encourages you. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Later.